I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike, and you're listening to episode 30. I'm grateful to you for tuning in today on a special episode of the program. We are uh, right now broadcasting to you live from the Utah State Capitol. Uh, why? Well, because it's a pretty momentous day up here. It's the first day of the legislative session. Now, uh, let me point something out. We haven't mentioned taxes yet today. There's kind of an elephant in the room up here. They've got some work to do. Uh, they gave themselves a timeline to repeal this Senate Bill 2001. That's the one that led to that referendum effort uh, led by former Representative Fred Cox. Uh, well, we learned last week that it is the intention of uh, the leadership of both the House and the Senate up here, as well as from the governor's office, that they intend to repeal that. Uh, we, later on in the program, are going to speak to Senate President Stuart Adams, in fact, in the next segment. Uh, and he is going to give us a, a sense of what the week's timeline looks like and how they intend to uh, repeal this piece of tax legislation that upset so many folks. Uh, anyway, that's coming up right now. I am pleased to be joined by Representative Elizabeth Waite, who is a 30 two-year teacher. She taught for 32 years uh, and has a piece of legislation uh, dealing with education, and it's the civics test. Uh, That's a requirement currently for high school graduates here in the state of Utah. Uh, You'd like to change that. Tell me why, teacher. So in 2015, there was the civics initiative passed, and it made a, a requirement in state code from the state legislature. So it didn't go through the Board of Education. It didn't go through any curriculum specialists. There were no teachers consulted. It yeah, was but but re- the legislators are the smart people. They figured it out. And they know what everything need, about... What do we need experts for? All right. They know everything about education, even if they don't talk to the legislators who have been teachers. <laughs> so... So, so a test requirement was implemented. The test is a, a very specific test from a specific source. And again, there was no consultation. The, the reason that this is changing, though, is not to just to re- repeal that, but because even when that bill was passed, the whole point was to uh, help raise the awareness and the skills and the active engagement of students in civics so that they knew more about their government, they participated in government, and participated with more knowledge and skill and effectiveness. Help me, before we go on, help me understand the nature of this test. Very basically, a civics test is one that could include questions like, uh, what is the supreme law of the land? And a smart kid would say, the Constitution. So this test actually comes and it it, uh, uses as its source for its questions. Very specifically, again, the test that is uh, given to 
people who are becoming naturalized citizens of the country. So it, again, isn't based on any of the curriculum requirements in the already and previously required government and civics course. So that, that course has been a requirement since before this test requirement, but this test doesn't go to the course uh, standards or requirements or curriculum. This is a separate level of test, and it's not oriented or connected with the the coursework so that's that was one of the original let me things ask you this. that caught my so often some of the, these federal uh, uh issues they make they trickle down into state curriculums uh and are connected to grants of some sort or money is that the case here uh, no. what why is this in place this this was an initiative run by an organization that wanted to see this specific test put in law Simple in every that. state in the country. It was not connected. And it, and it wasn't mm-hmm. a bad, wrong idea. It just, because it was not uh, coordinated with any of the state curriculum or requirements, it came in. And, and what has come out now is that there's such a great movement of active, project-based civics programs and projects this one actually has turned into a, a distraction a little bit of an expense it's not really expensive but it's a little bit of an expense in every district it has a reporting requirement and and um it's it's a distraction from what was actually the stated purpose of the test. Let me ask you one last question on this okay. topic, and then I want to shift over to the second piece of legislation that you've brought to us today. Uh, d- does this move, d- does your piece of legislation, is this good for students or bad for students? Does it, does it put Utah high school graduates into the world better prepared or less prepared? So the test has not put high school graduates into the world better prepared. The um, there's another piece of legislation being prepared by Representative Johnson that is an option and a pilot program for broader project-based and active civics um, programs. And that one will... So with, with repealing this test um, and implementing the bill that Representative Johnson is running... It will just kind of turn the civics requirements and the civics options uh, to be a lot more coordinated. And it and that those two steps, repealing the current civics test and implementing uh, civic engaged civics programs, um, will allow students to become more involved and bypass that test. Um, I've talked to, to teachers recently who say that that test is actually getting in the way of some kids graduating, but mm. their projects that are active civics are sure. not. All right. Uh, very good. We're speaking with Representative Elizabeth Waite, uh, represents District 31. She was a teacher for 32 years. You just heard her first piece of legislation. This second one, unrelated to the classroom directly, but uh, you, you may have noticed this, that there in our country there has been a shift both in the private sector and and uh, in, in, ter- in the, the public sector, in terms of employment and the practices by employers compensating parents uh, of newborn children. Uh, the representative here has a piece of legislation on that front. Uh, tell us about it, please. And you have, we have about 10, 90 seconds. I'm so sorry to cut this short. Oh, tell me about your bill. I didn't know we were going to do both of them at the same, in the same segment. The other one is uh, parental leave amendments. This is funding. This is um, allows parents both parents of adopted or newborns 
uh, to have six weeks of paid leave if they're state employees. Now, this is going through some discussion right now because when the governor came out with his budget, um, there's discussion over in the executive branch already about how to fund some of that, and there may be some change in in, in the sure. timing. But it is to support new parents in the executive branch, about 20,000 employees in the state of Utah. Very good. Uh, you got good support so far? No, All it right. doesn't. There's some real pushback because even though there's all sorts of evidence and, again, the movement in the country about how this reduces infant mortality, it reduces the uh, occurrence of, of depression in mothers. It allows parents not only to bond but to, for whole families to reorient to these new kids. It, there's evidence that kids uh, start and learn better and complete school and attend um, post high school education, all of those things, but the pushback has been uh, significant in wanting to know how it's going to impact the state. I'll tell you what, here's a tip for you. Uh, President Trump just recently signed something that puts this into practice at the federal level. You, so you tell some of the folks that are pushing back that uh, uh, old President Trump uh, is on board with this, something like this. Maybe that'll change their mind. Uh, hey, listen, Representative Way, I'm so grateful to you for joining us. Thank you for the work you're doing, uh, both for students and for families. I'm grateful to you. And I'd like to check back in throughout the course of this legislative session to see how both of these efforts uh, play out for you. Uh, that, again, our guest, Representative uh, Waite, joining us. Uh, in the next segment, we're going to be speaking to Senate President Stuart Adams. I want to talk to him about a lot of things. We're going to have to move pretty quickly through that conversation. I want to talk about his priorities uh, generally and specifically. I want to talk to him about the timeline that he anticipates this week as he and the Speaker of the House, as well as the Governor, move towards repealing that big tax reform measure, Senate Bill 2 2001. That is on the next segment of Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.